At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. We're just trying to say who plays fast, who's physical, who's courageous at the point of attack, who does their job. And we're trying to then, you know, just extrapolate that out into the games. And without preseason games, it's hard, but it, it, it is what it is. It's all we have. So we have to just really pay attention to each rep and see who's doing what we ask who has the talent to be you know to be a starter but also who's doing what we ask in terms of how hard and how physical and how well we play and now along with jim zoki and eugene robinson here's mick mixon with panther talk facility at bank of america stadium we start as is our custom with our broadcast roundtable brought to you by geico and guys i feel like we need to start with saturday morning mid-morning beautiful day Bank of America Stadium has been mowed. It has been lined. The, the equipment is out there. The clock is, is counting down, ready for the start of practice. And it's going to be an important session. In the words of Coach Matt Rule, some, uh, some decisions will be made. Uh, the tape's going to be carefully evaluated. It's going to be sort of the preseason game number three of preseason practices. Yet, the players do not come out. Instead, they, uh, they talk, they communicate, and uh, the – the reason why it had nothing to do with the weather, it was social injustice related. And so, Eugene, I'd like to start with you. Has Does this parallel anything that you ever have been through or have heard about in your career or lifetime? You know, it, it, it hasn't. I mean, I hadn't gone through some of the things that uh, currently what we are facing as a nation, uh, as a country, as we're going through uh, some of the injustice and some of the things that we've been seeing across the land that hasn't been pervasive uh, or or really poignant when I was when I was playing ball 
I, I'm proud of the players. I'm proud of what I saw in basketball. I'm proud of what I saw in hockey, soccer, baseball. I'm proud of the athletes who are really taking a stand and taking a stand and saying, hey, you know what? Uh, football is just a game, but life goes on and, and life matters. And what you do, it matters. And I thought you taking a stand there publicly and unified as a team, I thought it was one of the best statements that this team could have made for our city and for our country. And, and there'll be more. I mean, that was just what happened on Saturday. I think they're still formulating that plan based on what Trey Boston was saying. I know, Mick, you were on that Zoom press conference today, and Coach Rule had a press conference today on Zoom uh, about, you know, they're still formulating what the organization and the players' plans are. And uh, Coach listened to the players, and, and they decided what they wanted to do on Saturday. He said he's 100% behind and on board with what they did on Saturday. And, uh, and there'll be more things uh, moving forward that uh, I think will be constructive and positive in moving things in a positive direction there. Uh, but uh, they did want to hit a pause and a reset there, I think, Mick, and just kind of formulate what they were doing today. But, uh, you know, there's no perfect answer for that. I thought Zach Kerr on Friday on a press conference, Eugene had a great comment. He had many great comments. He was very good. We're going to love having Zach Kerr on this football team. And we'll have him on the show tonight, by the way. Oh, is he? Okay, I didn't even know that. I just just found that out. But, you know, among his many comments in his uh, press conference Friday was, you know, people ask, like, why are athletes looked to so much for their opinion on social issues of any kind? And he said, I'm a football player, but when I'm done playing football, I'm still going to be a black man. So, I mean, yes, the opinion, it does matter. I mean, they live in society and they have a job, but that job is only for a short period of time. And, you know, you're a great... I think community leader in this uh, this community here, Eugene, as far as just being active in, in many different roles with what you do as a former player. Yeah, and, and here it is. You, you have to understand that players love this country. I mean, you see both black and white. You see them holding hands. You see you see them in solidarity because they love the country. There's, there's no doubt about that. There's no, there's no doubt about what you see. And to make this kind of stand, it's like united front. I'm telling you, as an ex-football player, I know we had strikes back in the day, but this is much bigger than a strike. This is much bigger than a strike in 87 or a strike in 82. I mean, I know it was for, you know, you're trying to get things right in the National Football League, but we're talking about life and death. And that's what we're talking about. And to make a stand like this, I think I, I just have to applaud this this generation of players because I think it's a, a brilliant stand and, and one I would definitely applaud. And you guys correct me if this interpretation is wrong, but it felt to me more like or less like, Oh, take that, society, you know, take that. We're not going to practice. We'll show you. Wasn't that at all? It was that they needed to – they just – nobody was feeling it. I mean, the team was so raw and so hurt and so – they just needed to – they needed not to practice. They needed to talk. From the sound of it, they came other. in Saturday morning, Eugene, and they had scheduled a players meeting prior to practice, and as Mick laid out, by the time they got done talking, it's like, well, we're just not going to practice today. And Coach said they got a lot of work in on Friday. They picked up some reps today. So the work will be taken care of in this window of time that they have. And they'll have a busy week all the way through Friday, and then they'll take Saturday, Sunday off and get into Raiders week next week. But uh, the work will, you know, be sure the coaching staff will get the work in, you know, sooner and later. You know, Chris, because as a black person, this resonates because when you take all your life experiences growing up here in this country, you take all your life experiences and the things that you see that's been happening across the country, and you can go through the the list of names that, that we've seen, some of the injustices, it does something to you, but it also reminds you of your own uh, mortality, your own humanity, and 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 the things that you've gone through. So you're trying to reckon with that. You're trying to go ahead and figure out all that stuff as you make a stanza. So that's what I mean by I applaud them because 
when I see some of the things that's going on, it just brings back memories of my own life. It just brings back memory of my own friends. It brings back memory of my uncles, of my, uh, my, my dad. It brings back all those things. And so from that standpoint, that's why I say it resonates, and I'm glad it took a stand. And this is not like, oh, poo-poo, I'm not going to play football. This is life and death. And that's what the players are making a statement, and I applaud them. And no doubt. Broadcast Roundtable brought to you by GEICO. You go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. we got a big show lined up for you tonight. As we mentioned, defensive lineman Zach Kerr, uh, former Colt, former Bronco, 30 years old, and a very intelligent athlete with some experiences that he will share. Marty Herney will stop by. Coach Matt Rule next when we continue from the Langtonian Institute of Broadcasting Studios with more of Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me to always make it easy for the customer. That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week. So you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people. I guarantee it. Go to MorrisJenkins.com. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Three-step drop, moves up in the pocket, pressure coming, and down he goes. Cut back, Ronnie still on his feet, 5-3, touchdown, Carolina Panthers. You know, it's training camp. We're doing some things well. There's always room for improvement. The one thing I can say, we're, we're flying around, we're competing, and that's what you love to see. Uh, I think we're doing a good job of just executing. Of course, we can clean some things up every day, but... Our defense giving us different looks and things like that, and uh, we're making the best of what we can right now and uh, just playing fast. Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Head coach of the Carolina Panthers, Matt Rule, now on Panther Talk with us. And, Coach, thank you for your time. Let's go back to Saturday morning for a second and practice that you had kind of earmarked as being important in many ways. When did you get a sense – that this practice session was going to take a different turn. You know, um, I met with the, I met with some guys uh, Saturday morning, um, and you know, I know that they wanted to go and talk as a team, and just you know, um, as I as I you know just kind of sat there and and, and the, their meeting went on and on, um, as they were discussing what they were discussing, um, it just became clear that you know we weren't going to practice. And uh, to be clear, I, I didn't think we should practice. And so um, I thought I thought that they should take that time as a team, as a collection of men, and talk about the things that were on their hearts and what they wanted to do moving forward. So um, I was uh, I was uh, I was great with it, and uh, I was happy to see them, you know, come together. Was it a productive day in that way, Coach? You know, I wasn't involved, so I know that they have some things that they're you know they're working on and talking about. So. Um, you know, I think the fact that they, um, the fact that they took ownership and 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 did it together, I think is great. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll uh, continue to support them as we move forward. Panther fans, Coach Rule, are getting to know you as as a, a leader of men. That's not only good with words, but is also an aggressive listener as well. To what extent is is your ability to kind of hear and, and and listen helping you right now? Well, I, I mean, I, I try to, I think that's important at all times, you know, on the football field, um, 
as you deal with guys is they're, you know, they're overcoming injuries. You know, there's so much emotion um, as, as we're out there in online practice and we're wearing masks and you really have to listen, you know, because you have to gain, you know, gain information from people. And then I think certainly as you go through issues in society, um, you know, and things that are affecting other people, um, the ability to not just hear what they're saying, but hear what's on their hearts, I think is really, really important. And, um, you know, that, that's why, you know, when it comes to that, that, that day, I'm really proud of the decision that was made. Um, and on the football field, I feel like we're listening to the players and I think they're listening to us and hopefully we can continue just to kind of improve a little bit day by day until, you know, until we're a really, really good team. Coach Matt Rule on Panther Talk. So, Coach, how will you go about then recapturing some of those practice reps in the stadium that, that were going to be meaningful to you of, for, as you try to shape the roster? Yeah, I kind of laugh, you know, to the guys. I was like, you know, I was like, listen, I'll get my reps back. You know, I kept them out there today. We went for two and a half hours, like an old school, you know, uh, old school Bear Bryant, you know, uh, Pat Dye, Joe Paterno type, you know, practice, Jimmy Johnson. Um, and I think our guys loved it, man. They competed. They enjoyed the situations. They played the goal line. I mean, we went for two and a half hours. At the end, we're doing live goal line, and they're yelling, you know, no, put it back, run it again. I mean, we certainly have a team full of competitive guys who love to who love to get after each other and love to have fun. So um, I thought we anything we would have done on Saturday, we collected today. And, um, um, you know, when it comes down to it, um, social issues, racial issues, issues of injustice anywhere are always going to be more important than uh, practice reps. And uh, there's plenty of time for football. We've done a lot of football, and I, I think the guys really had a great practice today. Good to hear, uh, Coach. Some coaches have said, maybe you've said it in the past and felt it, that this time of year the defense tends to run ahead of the offense. How about with your 2020 Carolina Panthers? Yeah, I, w- I would say we're, we're, we're uh, different in that our offense is probably ahead of our defense. Um, we have a lot of guys who've been together in the system. Um, I, say, I think on defense, you know, we have a lot of guys who are new to just NFL football, let alone this system. And so – I don't think they're crazy behind. I think they've done a nice job on defense of, of learning some of the base stuff. Um, and, but, you know, I just think when you have a guy like Teddy who's been in the system before, who's I mean, he's here every night till 10, he's just a grinder. When you guys have, when you have guys on the offensive line like Matt Paradis and Okung and Johnny Miller, some of whom have played for Pat before, the offense just had a unique, a unique step in that they were able to uh, take advantage of some guys who've been here before, whereas the defense, it's all new. But I, I like the way our defense is coming. I think they're playing harder and harder. I think they're being more and more physical. They're learning um, some of the tools that are within our defense. And uh, I, I expect them to just keep grinding, keep working. Is it harder for an NFL offensive line coach to get better in the run blocking component? Um, that's, a, that's a great question. I mean, I think, um, I think, uh, I, I think for the offensive line in the NFL today's game, like you, you've got to be able to pass block. And um, – you know, you're going against some of the most elite athletes in, in the world, you know, guys who could play tailback, but are in, in defensive line bodies. And so I think it's probably the most difficult thing to coach, most difficult thing to master. And uh, as, a, as a head coach, when you find guys who can do it, you know, you're, uh, you kind of hold on to them and really develop the, you know, the next group. And so I really like our, our I really like our offensive line. They're doing a nice job. Um, they're playing well. And Pat's doing a great job coaching them. 
One more question for Coach Matt Rule, and we'll cut you loose. Coach, when will you and your staff, if you haven't already, start working on game planning for the Raiders opening day? Yeah, we started them months ago. We started them in the summer. And, um, you know, I think, you know, as we get closer, really, 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 it's really all about us. It's about us, you know, we obviously knowing what they do, but figuring out who we are, figuring, figuring out what we can do at a high level, figuring out, you know, what puts our guys in the best position and, um, and then tailoring that to the Raiders. So we're working on them now, you know, we'll give the guys this weekend off when they come in on Monday, we'll, uh, we'll hopefully present a great plan to them. Sure you will coach. Thank you for the visit as usual and good luck in your preparations moving forward. Okay. Thank you. This is Panther talk with head coach, Matt rule presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Am I the only one at this table? And I'm counting you, you Eugene. Jeannie Rob's in the uh, medically sealed uh, booth over there <laughs> so we can all socially distance. But am I the only one, you guys, that feels like Coach Rule and this staff, that they're, that they're smart. They have a, create, a creative intelligence. They'll be good game planners. They'll be good adjusters at halftime. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think they, you know, they've been – the other thing beyond – being that Eugene is that they're all on the same page, right? They're all moving in the same direction. I hear these players talk every day about let's get one percent better today. Like there's this common thread from head coach to coaching staff to players, and, and everyone's bought in. And so, again, maybe to some degree, maybe it's because it's new and it's a startup, and everyone's kind of getting on the ground floor of this in some ways. But it feels like it's going to be something that moves very quickly in a positive direction. It doesn't feel like it's going to muddle around and have to be figured out. I feel like they've got a plan and a direction. And when they identify what parts and pieces fit, and then they see a player, they go, well, we could do something with that that we hadn't thought about and add that to the equation. I just feel like they um, they do. They have all that. And there's an energy about what's going on here, I think. You know, and also Coach has tipped his hand. He's, he's, he's shown that he's extremely relational. Yeah. Uh, he talked about uh, – Giving the players their due and, and their space to go ahead and and go ahead and talk amongst themselves about some major issues that was going on, and that he kind of stepped away from it. Now, when you flip that on the other side, as the players look at that, it resonates. They're like, "Man, coach gets us. Coach understands us. Coach, coach is on our side." And that goes a long way when you're trying to go ahead and uh, when you got a new coaching staff and you're trying to figure this thing out, and you realize that the head man, coach Rule, is oh. He's much more than just a coach. He gets what's going on, and so and giving us the room to go ahead and do that, and realize that football is secondary. So, out of that interview, which I thought was a great interview, Mick, I mean, that was some really good stuff, and it told us a lot about who Coach Rule is and about his staff and what they're doing. Zook's right. There's that emphasis on getting one percent better every day. One of these weeks, I'll develop the courage to ask Coach Rule, if a player happened to get 5% better <laughs> on Monday, could he then get 0% better over the Don't next do it, four Mick. days? Don't do it, Mick! <laughs> but I wish to continue working here. I love you guys. So, so if you were to stay not. with the 1% like everyone else is doing, yes. that's the synergy part. But no, you've got to do 5, then you minus 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't want that. No, you don't want that uh, at all. But there is a power. we got to go to break here in a second, but there is a power in uh, a, a, a guy like Coach Rule saying, with the, the gift of humility, I don't know. I don't yes. have the answers. Right. But tell me. I'm, I'm here for you. I will support you. I want to listen and learn. 
Everything I've heard, I dislike, and, and I like even more when I continue to hear. Coach there are other talk. coaches in the league who also don't know, but they just act like they know, and then it doesn't end well. You want to name any names, or we just <laughs> no, don't drop names. Go to break. <laughs> we go go to break. For those of you who want to join us during the break, we'll name <laughs> four NFL coaches who do just that. <laughs> oh man, don't so, you phony, Zach Kerr? <laughs> no. Really think you're going to like Zach Kerr. Uh, he's got a three-year-old son that he's currently talking to about the kind of world that he'll grow up in. Uh, we'll talk football and other things with uh, Zach Kerr, Panthers D-lineman, when we come back with more Panther Talk next. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Medium step drop, oh, and he gets pummeled and sacked to the 25-yard line. The 10, the 5, and an unbelievable touchdown. Just all of us believing and trusting in the process. And uh, that's what we're doing now. We're taking a, we're getting 1% better. OTA is not having that kind of hurt us, but we're doing a great job just cramming everything in their impact, and uh, we're going to come out ready to play. At the end of the day, it's football. We all love the game, and as long as we love the game and play fast, we do well. Back to Mick Mixon, Jim Zoki, and Eugene Robinson with Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Panthers defensive tackle Zach Kerr just turned 30 on August the 29th. As an undrafted free agent out of Delaware in 2014, Kerr defied the odds. He made the Colts roster starting 12 games his rookie year. He's also logged time with the Broncos and the Cardinals before signing with Carolina this offseason. We'll transition from football shortly, but first, his take on the development of this talented but young Panther defense. The guys are developing pretty well. I think all of us are. We're understanding the playbook. It's um, you know, very, very few mental errors, which is always good when you're, when you're in a new scheme. But, you know, the coaches do a great job of coaching us, and the coaches do a great job of making sure we understand what our responsibilities are, and it's a it's a, you know, a collective effort amongst everybody, you know, everyone. It's not just the players um, that are working on development. The coaches are working on it as well. And, you know, they're new. You know, my first time meeting my coach was, you know, two weeks ago. So everybody's still working on developing, you know, whatever it is they want to develop. But I can't say that we are uh, locking in on the scheme and um, we're seeing a lot less mistakes, uh, which is, I think, is a good thing. I think we just got to get everybody to continue working hard and playing hard. And I think we'll be all right. Why did he want to sign with Carolina? Well, for me, man, I mean, coming in undrafted, I've always embraced change and embraced something new. Uh, so I, it's kind of funny because I, I seen Matt Rule's um, presser when he got the job, and I hadn't, you know, gotten any information on where I was going to play next or anything like that. But I, I actually told my friends, I was like, I, I, I like to play for that dude. Like, you know, he seemed like he said the right things, knew what to say, he seemed like he loved football. So I was kind of excited about it. And, um, you know, that was one of the things. And then also just being in a new environment, man, and helping something new build, if that makes sense. You know, I, I, I've always enjoyed, you know, just getting it out the mud and, and rebuilding something and rebuilding myself and reinventing myself as a person, reinventing myself as a player. So that was one of the things that really attracted me to it is uh, just being able to come in and having an opportunity to create something new you know, from, uh, you know, from the ground up, so to speak. Has Kirk considered sitting out of practice because of social justice reasons? Oh uh, yeah, we, we've talked about it, um, you know, uh, amongst everyone, you know, from young to old, you know, it, with something like this, it doesn't matter how many years you've been in the NFL, or, you know, it, it's, it's a human thing. You know, when you talk about this, it's not really a vet thing or a rookie thing or even an owner, 
you know, from, you know, Mr. Tepper or head coach to Matt Rule, it, it does, it's a human thing when you talk about this. So it, the conversations have been had. And, um, you know, my, you know, my aspect is like, you know, what, what are we going to, what action are we going to take? Like, you know, we can, um, we, we can, we can not, we cannot practice. We can tweet, we can protest, we can do all these things, but we need to take action. You know, and I feel like those are the conversations that need to be had. Not about, you know, whether we're going to practice or whether we're going to, you know, tweet this or whether we're going to protest, like we need to, we need to take action. And, and, and it doesn't start with, um, you know, guys in the NFL, you know, or, or guys that are in the entertainment business, so to speak. Um, you know, we, you know, we do our jobs and we do our jobs at an elite level. Um, but I just, you know, for me, I just, I want people to understand that this is a human issue. You know what I'm saying? This isn't a, a sports issue. This isn't an athletic issue. This isn't, this is an issue that humans need to fix, you know? So, We've talked about it, and that's kind of my take on it. So, like, you know, I I, I kind of get – I get a little frustrated because people look to athletes and they look to entertainers and all these other guys, and they try to point us as the guys to, you know, get it done. We have our platform, and we use our platform. But, you know, there are people in place that, that you know, that set these laws and set this systematic oppression that we've been dealing with for, you know, years, hundreds of years – you know, my whole thing is just we need to take action on that. You know, it's hard to undo, you know, years of years and years of different systematic oppression, but action needs to start. You got to start somewhere. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of my take on it. And, then, you know, the conversation that we've had, that's what I tell everybody. Like, okay, we can't, if we all decide not to go to practice, okay, what are we going to do? You know, and that's kind of where I met with it. And, um, you know, it's frustrating being a black man, frustrating having a black son, um, you know, seeing the things that are going on in the world, but. Like I said, I can't stress it enough. Action needs to be taken on on all parts, you know, not just athletics. We need everybody, you know, all hands on deck with this thing. The former fighting blue hen from Delaware, now a proud Carolina Panther defensive tackle, Zach Kerr. Stay with us. Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, continues after this. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. He's got the first down. He's up inside. He's got a touchdown. 10-5 touchdown. Angles to the left side. He's in. Touchdown. Wow. Carolina Panthers. It's like an endless highlight reel tonight. I think it's about, uh, you know, in practicing with intent, you know, meeting with intent. Everything you do has to be with intent. You know, knowing we don't have preseason games and we didn't have OTAs, I think those are all – you know, good excuses, but, but, you know, we have to be ready to roll when it comes, you know, the first game against Oakland. And, uh, you know, for, for us, it's, it's about just coming out every day and, and focusing on one thing you can get better at and getting 1% better every single day and uh, practicing fast, practicing physical. And, um, you know, if we do that and continue to correct our mistakes, I think we're going to be good. Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Time now on Panther Talk where we check in with the boss of the Carolina Panthers, the general manager, Marty Herney. Marty, thanks for joining us on the show tonight. Let's uh, let's start with some NFL news of the day. This morning, the Jacksonville Jaguars released Leonard Fournette, a running back who came out in Christian McCaffrey's class. Did that news catch you by surprise at all? Um, somewhat. You know, I think that um, any time that – a team gets um, waves a player that, you know, fourth overall pick. And, and obviously I think people know what he brings to the table as far as uh, 
his running skills and his power. But uh, you just never know, you know, until you're in in the situation that another team's in. So to say surprised, not surprised, he's out there. I'm sure he's going to have some teams interested in him. Not that you need any reasons to feel any better than we normally do about having Christian McCaffrey as a Carolina Panther, but did, did, it, did the Fournette release stir any of that sentiment in you today? You know what, Mick, I think this time of year we're so focused on us. I mean, you know, we have to cut down to 53 by Saturday at 4 o'clock, and um, there's not a day that goes by that, that you don't feel very good about Christian McCaffrey. So um, I, I just think right now this week is sort of a week that, you know, you are looking at other teams to see, you know, who, um, what you think will be out there as far as guys on the waiver wire on Saturday and if there's anybody to help you. But our focus really is on evaluating our roster and evaluating, you know, every other roster to see who might come free to help us this weekend. Where are the interesting position battles on the roster as you see it? That's always such a hard question because if you get an injury at one position, it, it affects numbers at the other position. I think that we uh, we have uh, competition going on at wide receiver. I think we have competition on the offensive line. Um, obviously, running back behind Christian McCaffrey and, and Mike Davis. I think that uh, the backup quarterback position is very competitive. I think that, um, you know, we're looking for people to step up. Uh, some young guys in the uh, secondary corner and, and uh, safety as far as backup roles there go. And, you know, the, the uh, fifth and sixth linebacker spots. So really there's a lot of competition on this team. And there's always, if you want to be truthful, probably always about five or six open spots going into this time, this last week, this time of year. Um, we'll see what happens. How's this O-line coming together in your mind? Very good. Very well. Um, I think um, Pat Myers does a, a great job coaching them. I think that, you know, Russell Okung and, and John Miller have been very good additions to us in the offseason. Um, Matt Paradis has, uh, you know, in his second year, second year here and then second year off the injury, um, he looks much more comfortable. Taylor Melton just has another year under his belt and is getting better and better. And We've got Dennis Daly, and then I think we've got some some depth. We've got some guys that uh, are battling for, you know, the, the third and fourth spots at guard and tackle. So offensive line has to play together and has to work together a lot. We've been lucky enough right now, fortunate enough, to have five guys healthy and be able to do that through camp. We need to continue to stay healthy and continue to work together and get synchronized as a unit. Panther GM Marty Herney on Panther Talk tonight. How about on the defensive side, Marty? What kind of defensive front could this be for you? First thing you always say is you, you have to uh, stop the run on defense. And that's an area that we need to improve on greatly from last year. So I think that there has been an emphasis on that. And I think that, you know, we have added some personnel inside that, that uh, you know, including our first round pick, Derek Brown, that will help us try to, to improve in that area. And then I think we've got pass rush outside. So, you know, we're a young defense. We're, we're a young team in general, but we're a young defense and we're young up front. And that's why it's going to be so interesting, Mick. I mean, with no preseason games and we're able to evaluate every practice, but 
it really is going to be exciting to see, you know, what we're all about when this thing starts here in, in 12 or 13 days. It's, uh, I think there's, um, I think we've done a lot of good things. I think we have made a lot of progress and made a lot of change over the last six months. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what plays out once we get this thing rolling. This team was to practice on Saturday morning in the stadium. Coach Rule had mentioned what an important session he viewed this as being, yet it did not take place. Marty, what do you think and what do you feel about kind of where we are and, and, some, and, and the reasons why the, the 2020 Carolina Panthers did not take the field Saturday morning? We have to communicate, Mick, as, as, a, as, as a locker room, as a team, as an organization, as a country, as people. We have to communicate. And um, I think that was greatly needed. And we can get the football work in. I, thought you, I think I saw you out there today. You saw that we got good work in today. But I think that we have to, to communicate about what's going on in the world and, and share ideas about solutions. And, and, you know, that's where I am at as far as maybe it's just what I do, but I'm a solution-oriented person. And I think that, you know, our players, our coaches, I think that um, there was a lot of good conversations that took place Saturday, and, and uh, I think it was, was needed. One more question about that, Marty. You're a little bit older than me, I'm pretty sure. So you would have been, I'm guessing, a teenager or close to it in the turbulent late 60s. How were you, how were you parented and, and what events kind of shape your, uh, shaped your view of, 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 of societal issues like those that we're trying to tackle right now? Well, I went to elementary school in Washington, D.C. and, and basically was in, in eighth grade, I believe, when Martin Luther King was assassinated. And I was raised by a parents and by a family that everybody is, is equal in spending most of my life in, in this business. It just gets more and more. I mean, it's, it, you, you find yourself, you get angry, and then you find yourself and just get frustrated and you, you want to you want everything to be resolved. And when I look back to that, you see that the number of years that we've been trying to, to answer these questions, that it's a process. And it's a process that has to be addressed with, you know, a, a lot of different areas. But the one I, I just think that there's got to be communication. There's got to be people that are willing to talk and try to come up with ideas to move forward. And I think that that's what these players and that's what when anything, anytime attention is brought to this situation, I think it's a good thing because it, I think it encourages communication. Wow. Good words, Marty. Thanks for, uh, for that. Definitely hard to transition from that to football, but let's try to wrap this up with a football question for you. When we wake up tomorrow morning, assuming that that all happens like we want it to, it'll be September. Are you starting to get excited about those distant drums of the regular season, that, that beat getting a little closer? Yeah, I think right now, Mick, as I said earlier, it's just it's really looking at um, – we're kind of wrapped up in looking at how we can, first of all, make the right decisions with our roster, and that's where it starts. You know, we have to, we have to get down from 80 to 53 by 4 o'clock Saturday, and you want to make the right choices there. You have a 16-player practice squad, which is going to be very important. Um, because that's where a lot of your injury replacements are going to come from this this season. And then you've got the evaluation of players outside. So it really is, we feel like our season's basically started from a personnel standpoint 
this is one of the, the important things that you do. And we, we, our personnel staff and our coaching staff meets once a week to go over um, our team and where we think we have players ranked. And yeah, the juices are already flowing. Now you just want to, you, you want to put the final touches on and, and uh, see what happens when the Raiders come in here on the 13th. Marty, as usual, thank you for your time and the way, and the classy way you do your job. We appreciate you and look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Mick. Marty Herney on Panther Talk. Zoke, you and Eugene listened to uh, to that interview. How did it hit you? Uh, good, good, good job by you. And uh, Marty always uh, gives great answers and uh, on a lot of topics as it turned into everything from the extra players on the practice squad to uh, what the offense and defense look like to social injustice and being in the eighth grade and seeing it with his own eyes in Washington. So um, uh, it's Marty really is, uh, Eugene, kind of a treasure trove of just, mm-hmm. just uh, lots of information. And, you know, he was a journalist. He's got a lot of experiences uh, beyond just uh, football like a lot of folks do in this building. And that's kind of the times we live in right now. It comes in handy. But that's, that's tough. But to have uh, – to talk about the evaluation part, Eugene, to go from 80 to 53 with no preseason games, everyone's saying the right things, but it's all 32 teams are in the same boat rowing together. You've got to judge practices and scrimmages, and not a lot of scrimmages, honestly. It's mostly practices, so you really don't get the body of work that you'd like to see from those four preseason games to evaluate those guys on the bubble. Yeah, I think it's hard for Coach Rule and his staff to go ahead and make those evaluations. I mean, you're going to have to let go of some people that you probably – they may blossom a little bit later, but you don't have the time to wait for those guys to go ahead and blossom. you got to put your squad together and go with what you got going on. And I want to go back to what something, as Marty was talking about, and the social injustice. I was asked by a very good friend of mine, he happens to be white, and we were talking. He said to me, how can things change? What can we do to make things change? And I thought about it on a macro level and a micro level. The macro level, we get policy changes that make things better for equality. But on a micro level is when we're having these same conversations, small conversations between black and white and brown and, 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 and just this is a whole rainbow coalition. When we have those little conversations in our own little, little networks, that's what change starts to happen. It starts to soften hearts. It's starting to, you get to start to see things a little bit differently. The fact that I meet with a guy we will meet uh, tomorrow morning and we'll end up having some of the exact same conversations, those are where it starts, on that little micro level where – Things start to change with one heart and another heart, and it spreads out with my network, your network, and it just fingers out. And so I like what I heard Marty was saying. I like what I'm hearing from Coach Rule. I mean, I think this is a great day for football if when we think about what is going on right now. And I, I think, um, once again, Marty, Coach Rule, hats off to you. I heard a preacher say not long ago, that, and this resonated with me, that if you hear – no matter who you are, what, where you are, anything. You, if you hear a racist comment, a bigoted, prejudiced comment, and you don't say anything, then you co-sign it. Yes. You've rubber-stamped it with your silence. Absolutely. But so, but so to swim upstream against that, people are going to have to get uncomfortable yes. and have more, like Marty said, just communicate. Does that make any sense? And, yep, and good word. Sense. Good word. Absolutely. Okay, let's – um. Let's talk some football. Here's what we're going to do. We come back. Uh, we'll Zoke and Eugene and I will do the coach's job for them. We will figure out what 11 <laughs> players must go when Panther Talk continues. And I'm just kidding about that, but we'll figure something out. When Panther Talk continues next on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. 
to always make it easy for the customer. That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week. So you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people. I guarantee it. Go to MorrisJenkins.com. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Let's talk quarterback. How many would you keep? Two? All three? Three. Three on the 53? I would probably start out with three. Because I don't – it's so tight, obviously. They're good. They said today, uh, Coach Rule, they're going to take it all the way to Friday uh, before they even say who two and three is. And if they keep three, it could be a weekly battle between who's two and who's three this week. And so if it's that close, you got two young guys, and I just think you you don't want to be caught without a quarterback. I mean, I think in most years you try to yeah. try to get by with two. But, Eugene, I, I think you probably try to keep three, don't you? I think you do. I, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, you come in here with Teddy Bridgewater, and there's been so much said about Teddy Bridgewater. But if Teddy Bridgewater goes down, what then? So you really got to go on this plan and what you got to have three healthy quarterbacks to know who to know how they run the system and they can have the confidence to run the system because you don't want to have to bring another quarterback in because you got to have to do the same learning curve. So I think you start off with three, no doubt in my mind. Brandon Zilstra has had an amazing camp. Number 16, wide receiver, done it all, makes the catches, good route runner, pretty good without the football. Uh, how do you see the receiver group shaking out? I was just going through the receivers. I'm looking at just the names. Bobby Anderson. You got Farrell Cooper. You have uh, Ismail Hyman. We talked about him a little bit. Tommy Lee Lewis. Uh, of course, some of the um, the guys that you do know with Curtis Samuels and DJ Moore, but you got uh, Michael Martin, Markin. You got Seth Roberts. You got so many guys. You got Zilstra's having a good camp. Uh, Daryl Stewart. You got so many guys. There's not enough room. You, you Really, you're going to have – uh, maybe one position that's out there that's, you know, five guys vying for. And I think it's very difficult. That's what I mean by Coach Rule. You have a tough job because you got to let go some receivers who might might be able to make this team if they had more time or if they had preseason games to prove what they can do. I like Zilstra. I mean, he's been consistent all through camp. Seth Roberts was dinged up. I think it comes down to those two. They're both, both about 6'2", gives you a little bit bigger receiver and Zilstra's uh, really showed out, I think, so far as being maybe that fourth receiver right now. You got a card to read, Zoe? I do. It's called uh, Injury Updates, brought to you by Ortho Carolina. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, your care, your way. Additionally, today, the uh, Panthers ended up uh, trading former North Carolina linebacker Andre Smith, who was a seventh-round pick two years ago. So he goes to Buffalo for a conditional pick. And uh, also announced today, again, not injury-related, just news-related, uh, no fans for that first yeah. home game, the yes. opener. Then we're on the road, Tampa and L.A., so we will see moving forward, uh, week four and beyond, uh, what the, the possibilities might be. We'll have final thoughts when we come back in just a second. Stay tuned. Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This will conclude preseason Panther Talks because when we convene one week from tonight, it'll be game week and the focus will shift 
to the Los Angeles Raiders of Coach John Gruden. So final thoughts, guys. What, what, what will you remember and how will you remember that Matt Rule's first training camp? I think um, a lot of the stuff has been talked about already on this show, but there's just, a, I think, a sense of, if you will, optimism coming off the way the last year ended. I think excitement and anticipation and energy here. Uh, but uh, as far as the training camp, and we'll see what happens when we start this regular season, Eugene, I just think, you know, I think they try to have fun when it's appropriate. I think they work hard. I think they try to break up some of the drudgery. But it's a serious football camp, getting serious football done and trying to implement stuff as best they can under unbelievable circumstances. And nothing – this has never been done before. There's no template for a, a virtual training camp like this. You know, and also uh, Coach Rule said that the offense is ahead of the defense. And typically that doesn't happen. So that means you got to be doing some really good things offensively to, to make that statement. Don't forget, 32% last year is where they, uh, their third down percentage, 113 yards rushing. This team needs to improve offensively. And it sounds like to me, based on this training camp and based on what Coach Rule, that the offense has improved dramatically. That 58 sacks that we gave up last year can't give those up. He talked about the offensive line. So I think he's going into this training camp going – coming out of this training camp going, hey, I like the things we saw offensively. Let's continue these things because it's going to erase some, eradicate those numbers that we had last year. I can't get this one song out of my head. And it, in the 70s, there was this exquisitely talented band called Brick. And they had a song called It Ain't Gonna Hurt Nobody to Get On the, Down. Ain't gonna hurt nobody. To, to get, get on, on down. down. <laughs> That's it. I just don't, want to let the audience know I have no idea what they're singing. Don't stop me. I don't know this song. And I won't stop you. That's right. This is a young football team. So it ain't going to hurt nobody to get on down. I'm with you, Mick. Let's it, try to be good. Let's try to rock somebody's world, man. Get out on the dance floor and spin this thing around. It ain't going to hurt nobody to get with on that, down. For Eugene Robinson, for Jim Zoki, this is Mick Mixon. See you next time for another Panther Talk. This has been Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule, presented by Morris Jenkins. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network.